Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ospreys Irie. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Ospreys Irie podcast. No guest in this week. The man of a thousand podcasts has had to drop out. He will be back next week though. Today, stuck with myself, James and Darren. Darren, how are we? Hello, fine, thank you. How are you, James? I'm good, I'm good. Getting excited for the first home game of the season. I'm coming home for it. Hopefully we'll have a decent crowd down there. Celebrate Tips' 201st game now. Um, And yeah, hoping hoping to be a um a really good day. Um, This week, talk about the match, uh, which we unfortunately lost away on uh, and then look ahead to the home game at Zebra. Did you manage to watch the game against Connacht, Dad? Um, I picked up some highlights. Obviously, I was working, so I might, when I got home, I managed to pick up some highlights. But um, I heard that uh, we won the best in the first opening half hour of the game. But uh, but yeah, we leave that there. Yeah, I um I didn't manage to watch it live. Um, I was away in the Isle of Wight. Uh, playing myself, um, so I managed. Uh, all I was doing was keeping up with uh, with group chats and BBC Sport until I could watch it the day after. Very, very interesting game. Definitely, like you said, we weren't great in the first half hour. Game of two halves, absolutely. Just to recap, the match finished four not thirty four, Spurs twenty six. Uh, scrum half Keelan Blade scoring a hat trick within 34 minutes for centre forward uh, for try bonus point just after half time. Former Dragons player JJ Hanrahan kicked four conversions and two penalties to bring the total to 34. Ospreys went into the uh, first half hour 27 0 down before Keelan Giles finished off a very slick move off the line out. Scoring in 38 minutes. Owen Williams didn't manage to convert. Second half then, Ospreys came out firing with Ruben Morgulims going over after some lovely hands by fullback Max Nagy and replacement fly half Jack Walsh. More of him later. Forwards then wanted to say with James Ratty going over after a lengthy TMO review before Reese Davis bundled his way over in the 75th minute. To raise the four try bonus point, meaning they come away with some points. Jack in three conversions. That missed conversion by Owen Williams proving costly, meaning Ospreys didn't come away with that losing bonus point. So the stat, the facts of the match. Let's get in to the actual game itself, and I'll start with the negatives. Stay at the office up front. Um, we said last week that Connacht were going to be physical, confrontational. Um, and they, they came at us in the set piece, especially. Uh, Ospreys had the second poorest line out success rate, 71.4%, between Ethan Lewis and debutant Lewis Lloyd. 
And then in the scrum, especially in the first half, young Garen Phillips, who, in all fairness, Booth has come out this week and defended, uh, got put to the sword by the front row. Reese Henry came on at loose head and shored things up in the scrum in the second half, but then penalties did prove costly in the end. Now, what's your take on the set piece? Is it just a case of when we have Nicky and Gareth Thomas back, we'll be a bit better, or or is it a sign of things to come for the season? Well, look, uh, compared to last season when we had, I uh, know, we had Nicky Smith starting, we had Lake, we had Sam Parry available, we had Tom Walter playing, we had, um, you know, we had options coming off the bench. So at one point in the game, about the round of 50, 60th minutes of the game, whoever started, <clears throat> sorry, whoever started the game would then go off and we have a brand new front three on. And that last season, that was our, you know, the engine room for us. We backed a team up front. They couldn't live with us. Uh, most teams couldn't live without Scrum last season. But, um, you know, going back to previous um, conversations that we've had, you know, we've, we have lost um, players with every club in Wales. Um, they've lost players. But these youngsters are going to get blooded in sometime. Um, I think this season now is going to be a transitional season for us. Um, obviously, like you said, um, hopefully... Have Nicky Smith back this week. Um, more on that later, because I would like to see him start this week because he didn't have much game time out in France today. Um, but yeah, hopefully, um, Nicky can Nicky can come back in, and then obviously when Derry Lake comes back in as well, and then you'd have hopefully Smith Lake and both are starting the majority of the season, if and when they do play for us. Absolutely, uh, and. It's not a slight on Garen at all. I think Garen is a, a great young talent. Um uh, and he's been he's a product of working with Paul James in the senior academy and then coming through and working with Duncan then in the third team. Uh, but we can't face the scrum struggle in the first half. Um you know Tom Bota is a fantastic scrummager, and this was talked about at length in the press conference this week. Not too on his own. Um, I think Reese Henry coming on. I, I, I Reese Henry becomes a bit of a joke, right? So how he looked, but Reese Henry to play both sides of scrum at this level, in the Champions Cup level as well, is immense. Then props are a dime a dozen, and. Luther said he's on record saying that he makes no uh, quarrels about it. he builds his game around set piece. Right? I said this on the main rap pod uh, earlier this week that the Sprays get parity and they get territory through set piece. Okay, we we win penalties at scrum time. We have a devastating mall and we build from there. We didn't get that going at all in the first half. Uh, so scrum wise, I'll be very interested to see how we approach uh, Zebra on the weekend. And I'll talk more about Zebra scrum later on because they did very well against uh, Ulster. A big Ulster side. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about the lineup quickly. Where, where do you think that went? Uh, do you think that was a case of the hooker or or the jumper or maybe a bit of both? I think a bit of both, to be honest. At the end of the day, you know, they practice all week on like certain calls, and then when it comes to match day, I think it's things are out the window, or they just forget about certain calls, and then they just throw it into the lineup, hoping, hoping, and hope, hoping for the best, and then hoping they catch it, and then you know, go from there. Like, but I don't know what what was happening, to be honest. I, I don't know. I don't want to put blame on one person, not the other, because at the end of the day, it's their job. Like, and they're both responsible, um, both hooker and uh, line-out catcher, um, for calling that line-out, whatever call they're going to make. But, yeah, I'm going to put blame on both of them, because if something's not right, then surely before your next scrum or line-out, uh, mainly line-out, you say to the hooker, this is what call we're going to do, stick to it, let's not mess this one up, and then go again then. 
absolutely. It's um, I think the blame lies equally between the caller and and the jumper. It's very difficult, I think, when you lose such a pivotal part of your line in Adam Beard, calls it a club level. You have Reese Davis, who have seen call the lineup before for himself. Will Griff obviously coming back into the team. We 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 lose him in the second half. Sutton comes on, who isn't a lineup caller. Um, you've got Ratty in there, who's a great lineup forward, and Tips, who was you know let's let's not be around the bush, was outside of. Um, well, he was Wales's main lineup forward for years and years and years, and. Knowing tips and his he, he has a an obsession with the lineups and and Richard Kelly won't be happy with that stat at seventy one point four percent and it is tough when you know you can argue that Sam Perry is our number one hooker because he is here for the whole season you know he he is on his way back Ethan said he's touch and go we'll see how he responds to training this week hopefully that means he is at least on the bench on Saturday. Um, said on the pod that Ethan Lewis, I think, is a great little signing for us. He's a great, great squad player. And Harley Worthy, uh, the, the Cardiff correspondent, if you want to call him, agrees. He, he's never going to be one that's going to set the world on fire. But as a, as a fundamental hooker, I think he's great. just think we maybe didn't call the best on Saturday. And when we did, it worked. So, yeah. Um, if it continues against Zebra, and we've got a problem, then you know we're we're looking to fast track Sam and Dewey back in. But I, I am more frustrated at the scrum given penalties there, and you could see in the second half when Ospreys did get the nudge, how much it meant to to Tommy Boater and and, and to Garin. So that was a set piece. I think that was. Probably the the second biggest problem on the weekend, but the biggest problem that first half was that soft defence. So Mark Jones, obviously high profile signing the coaching department, having come with very high remarks from the Wales under twenties after their semi successful campaign. But that being said, defence was an issue on Saturday. Toby Booth has said in multiple press conferences that it's difficult with a reduced squad size to replicate again physicality and also applies to the scrum as well. Mm. Having two full front rows is very difficult to replicate scrum. Hence why the Ospreys have consistently trained with the likes of Swansea University, Bath Rugby, Dragons and Cardiff throughout their long pre-season. The Ospreys have been in camp for around 13 weeks and on one hand, the defensive system hasn't been fully realised but I also appreciate that it's very difficult to implement over a short period of time without games or game physicality and doing a bit of research on this I think the best example I could find on this is Sean Edwards who is arguably the best defensive coach ever Um, was never the Lions defence coach again after 2009 because I think his system wasn't enough. Uh, you couldn't implement it quick enough. That's why Andy Farrell took back over. Looking at the tries on Saturday, it was soft defence. It was really soft in the middle, um, not quick enough, looking up, scanning in front of us, really basic stuff that could have been avoided. Actually, should have been avoided because they are pro rugby players and they should be able to tackle. Is there something to worry about, Darren? How soft that defence was in the first half, or do you think that something's going to get better as the season goes on? Well, they were just carving through us when they in that first half. I there were so many missed tackles, and you know, as you alluded to earlier, the first half hat trick for uh, call up scrum half uh, blade. I think one of the tries he scored. They just ran to our defence, offloaded, offloaded, offloaded. And then he was just in under the force. And then I was like, you know, yeah, fair enough. We've trained for like, been in camp for like 13 weeks. Now I only had two preseason games. But at, at the end of the day, you are paid professionals. 
this is your job, this is what you work for, train for, week in, week out. Yes, squad squad sizes are limit have been reduced this season, but it's not it's not an excuse for me. It's like when people bring out the old excuse of like, oh, we rely on the Wales players too much. No, you're at the end of the year, a squad, you're a unit. You've got you've trained all week for a reason. I, and then you've all mentioned Mark Jones. Obviously, he's new to um the region. It's gonna take time to uh, implement what he wants the boys to do defensively. It's gonna take. It's gonna be a learning period this season, but we're just gonna hopefully rely on whatever he's trying to implement with the boys, and it sticks. And towards the end of the season, we see the results because we can't really judge him on two preseason, two preseason, two preseason games, and then you've got you had the game against or not the weekend. I think come Christmas time, I think we should sit down and chat to see how he's doing defensive wise but it's early days yet from his point of view yeah no I, I can't really argue with any of that to be honest I think that as a defensive system it should have been tighter um, you know you look at I think it's the second try where we put a big shot in maybe the third try of O'Connell, we put a big shot in the ball comes spilling out. It lands with O'Connell's player who, who literally all he does is turn around and then runs a gap where I think it's between Gary Phillips and another and another player. And why is that a gap there? We didn't make an effort to find that and make that tackle. They go through, like you said, offload and score. And you know, I I didn't look to the defensive stats. Actually, about um, how bad we were. So we we made 156 tackles on the weekend and missed 25 of them. So an 86% tackle completion. Now that isn't awful, but 86% won't win you games away from home. Okay, and that's down to you know one up tackling, uh, to your group tackling as well. Yeah, 86% games. For reference, Connacht with 181 missing 19, just giving them a 90% tackle completion rate, which is which is the stat that you want to be your own. Um, it's not all negative from an Osprey point of view. We we only conceded eight penalties, um, but you know the stats are pretty damning from a point of view. That barrage in the first half, you know. Connox made 11 line breaks compared to our two, you know, 375 metres post-contact, more ball carries, more passes of the ball. Again, that comes down to that offloading game. Um, and their lineup was, you know, Connox full credit for that win. The first half was inexcusable. And, you know, it's widely said on, on on the forums, on Facebook, on, on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, that that was the worst first half the Ospreys have played probably ever since I since I can remember anyway. And talking with Hugh Griffin of the Pirate Rugby Pod on on rap this week, you know, saying should you be more harsh on them for that first half because we went in twenty seven five down. And I, I genuinely don't think so because of that second half. If we'd have come out and said and lost the game by 40, 50 points, and it was a repeat of that first half, I think I would be, yeah, this is really inexcusable. But that brings me to the positives. Well, I don't want to dwell on them negative things, right? This is a new season. We're going in it with a new... Uh, and let's look at the positives exactly ambition (laughs) so URC stats um, Ospreys in round one of the URC had the second highest rate of collision dominance 29.1% of their carries they won um, which is good to see you know even even when we were going to be like Sir Morgan Morris who got through lots and lots of work Henry came on and carried well. Reese Davis carried well. James Ratty 
Eve's tipperick was when he carried and that offload and was brilliant. Um, they clearly done their homework on the likes of Eren and Owen. And they were wrapped up really, really quickly. And Orden Farrell for Connacht works really well as, as that centre center partnership. Um, they were resilient. You know, we went into half-time, 27-5 down. It took us 38 minutes to get into that game. Like you said, half an hour of being under our post, being under the cosh, you know. We'd set the tone early, Kieran Williams dropping the kickoff, you know, stuff that you coached at the the, the, the lowest level. Um, and we, and, you know, I think best way to look at it is the game last year where we, we went there to seeded 50. You know, we, both sides of the half, we were soft. But actually, we didn't fold. We came out, we outscored them the second half. Um, we let them in with a soft try. Um, but we, you know, we outscored them three tries to one. Yeah, what, what do you make of that resilience in the second half, Dad? Come out and, and to play like that when they could have just folded over, rolled over. Sorry, I think it's, I think it shows character and what Toby's probably been drilling into the boys for like 13 weeks. You know, yes, 27 are down inside half an hour, it's a negative, but then Charles scored towards the end of the first half. Then we come out all, all we come out all guns blades in that second half, try some Morgan. More, Ruben Morgan Williams, Ratty, and Rhys Davis, four tries, and then to come up short at the end showed great character, great belief from the boys. They could have folded in, they could have said, No, this game's done, what's the point? But they showed grit and determination to come back. Um, but yeah, it could have been a lot worse, could have been a 40 50 point uh, if we didn't have come out that second half and the way we did. Um, but yeah. We showed, um, I think we showed um, some positives. Hopefully, we can pick up uh, where we left off next weekend. Now, the weekend coming, four tries. Not easy going to corner. Never an easy outset going there. Um, but yeah, some positives to bring back for the zebra game on the weekend. And it, uh, you know. Justin said last week, I think on both pods that Connacht is the hardest, be the third hardest place to go for the start. For, uh, if you're an Ospreys person, if you weren't on a tour to South Africa, like, like our friends in, in the West were, um, you, you know, Connacht away is the one I would have wanted the least, apart from Rodney Parade. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Great resilience to to uh, to keep us in the game. Um, I think he got his substitution spot on. I think that, that goes on to my next point. The subs, I thought the bench had a real impact. And I was listening to the Dragons Lair pod today with with Jamie and Gals, um, who noted that the Dragons bench just didn't add anything in that Edinburgh game. No, I always did. I thought Owen Williams had a really poor game for us, a really out of it. was his worst game for us since he joined the club last, last Christmas. He didn't, I don't think he looked entirely fit, to be honest. But he could just be shaking off the cobwebs. You know, he only played that Cardiff game. He didn't play against the Dragons. Um. So, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if Walsh starts on the weekend, but Jack Walsh, man, he took some criticism last year, and rightly so. The goal kicking definitely wasn't up the standard at all times. Only made the wrong decision a lot. You know, struggled at 15 a bit. You know, I'm thinking back to that Cardiff game at um, at the Arms Park where he had a hole in the first minute and Cardiff go over. So, you know, he, he's come under some some fire, but in all of pre-season, I think he's been fantastic. And he showed that again on Saturday. 
he, he comes on. He hits lines really well. His kicking's been great. I, I, I can't speak highly enough for the boy. You know, talking about resiliency in squad, let's talk about resiliency in Jack Walsh. You know, what, what's your thoughts on, on Jack? Is he one to lead us at the start in 10, or do you think he works better off the bench as a game, uh, as a finisher? Well, I think it's nice to have two tens really at your, you know, at your disposal. I think you know, Owen Williams brings, um, you know, um, confidence, and he also brings, um, more experience. But Jack Walsh, up and coming player, of course, like you said, didn't have the best season last season, come under scrutiny at some points. But I remember um going up down down west to watch that down the game. And uh, he obviously slotted over that last-minute uh, conversion to draw the game, otherwise we would have lost. And that wasn't the easiest of conversions um, from him on his first outing, I believe, um, for that game. Um, but, yeah, I think um, hopefully it was just a one game that Owen Williams had and he'll forget about it and he'll be OK um, for the next game. If not, I think Jack Walsh starts. I think, uh, yes, he's young. I think, um, young. He's, I think, he's ready. Same as um, I know, going off the topic a bit now, but I think um, him and Ruben, Mark, him and Ruben Williams this season, um, are going to be uh, big players for us. I think going forward, um, but hopefully, Owen Williams can prove the doubt is wrong and he'll be okay for the weekend. If not, start what start Walsh, and I'm sure he will have. A good game like he did when he came on um early in that game against Carnot on the weekend. Yeah, I think yeah, it's a really really good debate around Walsh um at the minute and yeah, like you said, really healthy to have two tens or well, three tens really if you count Dan Edwards, his development. Um, what else made an impact? Uh, Henry, talk about him. You know, again, often joked about because of his appearance and being old school, but carried really well. He shored up that scrum on the loose head side, which you have to remind people, the loose head side is not his stronger side. He is a taker and play loose head. There are only a handful of props I can think of right now who can do that. Um, You know, probably one of the most... Common ones would be Jamal Ford Robinson for Gloucester and the Premiership regularly fills in at um, eight and loose. You know, he's got a lovely pair of hands. He puts a lovely drawback for the, you know, the, the I think there's a real case for him to start to be on the bench at loose on Saturday. Um, that allows Warren to keep his place on the bench, who I thought, again, looked good when he came on. Reese Davis, after a lot of work, I thought Tipperick on his 200th appearance was great. Um, really, really you know, hasn't missed a beat. I think that long preseason works really well for him. Other than that, you know, it was a quiet day for the likes of Jungles, and he did really well for his try, Luke Morgan. Um, the other player who I thought played really well was Max Nagy. Um, Someone who last year probably came under a lot of criticism, um, especially when Yeston Hopkins came through. I think a lot of people were like, oh, you know, look at this brand new uh, thing we have, this shiny thing in Yeston Hopkins and sort of disregarded Nagy, who, again, wasn't patently fit all last year. He was really struggling, I think, with, with injuries um, and nagging injuries. He was excellent. He, you know, took a, took the high balls really well. He runs at soft shoulders, which I really like, you know, so so for the, the layman. When, you know, runs at your weak shoulder, breaks that first tackle every time, gets over that gain line. Um, You can see this year, Fussell is wanting to use him a lot more on the line. You know, look at, if you look at Ruben Strauss, a perfect example for this forward. Recognizes that Nagy is coming into this line. It's a beautiful drawback pass, and 
he bites in. So Nagy puts a nice little step off the right. Beautiful offload into Walsh, who's my, who gets through that gap. That's what Nagy brings you. He's a big guy. He's what, six foot four. Really, you know, broad shoulders, proper. You know, I think he's our fullback going forward. Obviously, Yeston Hopkins injured at the minute. Interesting to see whether he comes in for some of the European games. But Nagy definitely um, gets that nod at fullback. Now, the one thing I want to talk about briefly, because this is something I want to talk about next week in a lot more depth with, with Yestin back as well, is the, Os- the Ospreys ball in hand a lot more against Connacht um, than they have in previous years. You know, look at you look at trays one and two. Um, they play some very sexy rugby. Now, you and I are both very active in in various communities on online, and you know that fans have been clamouring for this sexy rugby for a while. This keep it in the hands, throw it out wide. Data from the URC confirms. When the Ospreys win, they average nearly 16 carries less because they're kicking the ball a lot more. What do you think? Do you think Ospreys continue with this? Keep the ball in hand a lot more and they hope it sticks? Or do you think, no, it's going to what's safe, to the kicking game, the territory? What do you think? I think it all depends on the opposition we play. So using last week as, as an example... You know, playing a Connacht, we couldn't really play, in my opinion, we couldn't really play a kicking game because you don't know what type of wear they're going to have. So, ball in hand, I think, was the the option for us in Connacht and we scored four tries. But then, staying out, we're playing ourselves into danger or we got a dangerous team we're playing against. And their, their full-back is known for, like, dropping high balls or is not very good in the air then we try and implement a kicking game to try and get us up the field, put their 15 or 10 under pressure, and then win that battle, the aerial battle that way. But going, I think it all depends on the opposition we're playing. But, yeah, so personally, it all depends on who we're playing. But as you, James, alluded to, the sexy rugby, as uh, you called it, I think, you know, going forward... We need fans pay to watch attacking rugby. None of this dull malarkey or table tennis kicking it back and forth all the time. That's boring. But it all depends on the opposition, like I said. But fans are crying. I've always been crying up for attacking rugby flair, like New Zealand-esque, chucking it about and like offloads left, right and centre and just like enjoying playing rugby. But I think, Going back to what I said, I think it all depends who our opposition is, and then go from there. To be honest with you, because one week you might play um a great rugby, throwing a ball, throwing it about, and looking to play, and then that backfires. Or then if you play the kicking game, and that backfires and lose the game, then you're like, oh well, that was our fault for not beating the opposition. But that's just my opinion, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Um, you you've got to strike that balance, I think. Um, and I'm going to go on that sort of um, discussion with a comment from our co-host Yestin, who, when I posed the question to fans on Facebook, said this: "I think of the last two seasons, we have seen the Ospreys go from one end to the other." Two seasons ago, there was a lot of kicking and interest in defence, whereas last year we saw more of a running game, which, oh, pardon me, was faulty at times. Toby mentions quite a lot that he wants the players to make the key decisions. So hopefully we do see a little more kicking, but when the opportunity is there, the squad take it, and I think that's the best way to put it. I would like to see us kick the ball a bit more and pressure on... Opposition with chases and things and and then pressure line up times and and, and whatnot and, and get them small play the rugby halfway into their ten meter line 
not the other way around. Um, in terms of playing the attractive, the sexy rugby, is it always effective? You know, you know, we got up against Zebra now, who we'll talk about Zebra in a minute, and their success on the weekend, but is sexy rugby going to be the way to break Zebra? I don't think so, personally. We'll come on to that now. So let's look at uh, let's look ahead to Zebra at home, Swansea.com Stadium for a is it a one pm kickoff there? Yeah, it is. Yeah, one pm kickoff live on BBC Scrum Five. But if you can get down to Swansea.com Stadium, support the boys in their first home game of the season. Um, Zebra put in a fantastic performance against Ulster. DURC plus four the game game predicted them to lose with 28 points despite them being at home but instead had the, um, instead Zebra lost eventually by 4 points in a controversial manner um, they got parity at scrum time against Ulster winning 6 scrum penalty and boasts 100% line up success in terms of personnel they boast former Ospreys of thrower Guido Volpi who for some looked very good when he did play in his limited appearances for the Ospreys during the Alan Clark era. In their backline lies Zagoski and Pani, two very, very fine players with players like Ferrari in the pack. Where do you stand on Zebra? Do you think, despite their record, do you think they still pose a big threat? I think so, yeah. I think I, I can never, I can, I always get mixed, I always mix Bennett and, and Zebra up. One of them is like a kryptonite, kryptonite team who always struggle against them every season. I can't remember who it is. But yeah, um, I think, you know, they're Italians and they, they always bring passion and flair to every game. Um, They ran Ulster close on the weekend. Not many teams do that these days against Ulster, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, um, I think we should go out there and just give it our best and read the opposition. And hopefully, Toby's done that this week and if trained for a big physical encounter with Zebra, and hopefully target that aerial battle as you alluded to, because the playing the nice style of rugby might not be effective this week given given their um pack size on the day. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see this Saturday. But hopefully, like you said, Toby wants the, the players to make the decision on, you know, if they're gonna kick it or run it or if they spot a gap they're gonna take the chance and dart and run. But it all comes down to the players at the end of the day and what they've trained for a week to um, attack the Zebra team. Absolutely. I think Zebra is a team we struggle to play rugby against. I think, you know, we always do get the result off them eventually, but whereas with Ben at some, we're more of a um, battle as to whether we actually win or not. Um, Zebra's one that drag down to a certain level and we just play turgid rugby and we were sort of grinding out performances. We went away to Zebra last year and we got off to a really nice start. Thieves went over, Tian Thomas Wheeler went over um, and then it took a Zebra fight back for us to wake up again. And, you know, I don't want that again. I want us to be clinical on Saturday. And what's worrying me is that Zebra went out and gave a really good account to themselves against Ulster. You know, and that Ulster squad's got a lot of depth, a lot of good players. A set piece was great. They've recruited well. You know, it's a young, young squad made up of mainly Italian players, and then they've you know, they recruit really smartly with South Sea Island players and um, and players from New Zealand as well. From an Osprey's point of view, 
Uh, it is confirmed that Smith will be available for selection. Toby Booth revealed in the press conference this week that he asked to be involved. Uh, it's fair to say that it is likely he will start, and Booth will have to make a choice whether Darren Phillips or Reese Henry wear the 17 shirt. From an injury point of view, Will Griffiths is out with a shoulder injury. He's in some pain, and currently we have no timeline as to when he'll be back. We still have options, however. Hugh Sutton can fill in, as he did very well last season, or alternatively, James Ratty can move from six back into the boiler house for Barry Deeves to come into the back row. Sam Parry has been... Uh, it is noted that Sam Parry is touch and go. He is training this week, but it all depends on how he responds to training. If Sam Parry is fit, it is unsure whether he will start, and Ethan Lewis will take the two shirt again. In terms of placing Will Griffiths in that second row, Darren, who do you bring in? I think Sutton is the obvious replacement, I think. And then you chuck Rathy into the front four. And then you... Obviously, in times like this, we're going to struggle because, you know, limited budget, limited players. Obviously, Beard being away with Wales still, and he's going to be playing in that Barbars game um, next weekend. I think you just chuck Sutton in. I feel sorry for Will Griffiths. You know, he's been injury hit for... The time I can remember, just feel sorry for the guy. He made his fiftieth appearance um against Connacht. Not many players get to do that achievement. Um, just feel sorry for him, but hopefully it won't be um a long term injury because I think in the long term that might affect us going forward. Um, with options, and we might have to bring um an emergency signing in just to cover for however long Griffiths is up for. But I would definitely start Sutton on Saturday, uh, on Saturday in um replace in the replacement of Griffiths. Um, I think image signing probably would be too far. Um, I think if he does move Sutton into the, into the second row, probably see the likes of James Fender come in, uh, onto the bench. An opportunity for him, a lot of hype around that young man, really, you know, leads from the front, had a really good loan spell down at Cornish Pirates. You could also look at maybe Lewis Jones, um, Tristan Davis, if he's available. So, so they're really young. I think most likely, if he wants some consistency, he'll setting into that second row and put Fender on the bench. You can't see him moving right. You can't see him setting the balance that back row personally. But, but we will see. Um any other changes you'd make to the squad there? Or do you think that he'll he'll largely keep that same squad going into Saturday? We've talked about Nicky. Yeah. Talked about Sutton. Anyone else you'd like to see come in? No, I think I think it's all fine. Personally I'd like to see Nicky Smith maybe start, but is that too harsh on Garen Phillips? Because Garen started, uh, Garen's been there since day one in uh, the before the preseason started. Nicky's been away to Wales, but very unlucky not to get much game time out in France. Um, but for me, I'd start Nicky Smith, no offense, because I think he's nothing, nothing against Garen, it's just a personal opinion. I think Nicky will sure, hopefully, shore up that. Um, front row, and then you have um, him and both, uh, and then uh, Ethan Lewis at two, and hopefully scrum because the Italians will bring um a powerful scrum, and I think Nick Smith will um reinsurance reassure that uh, that scrum goes well again. But nothing personal on Gary Phillips, but I think you've got to chuck the Wales international back in there. Um, from my point of view, um. This weekend, yeah. um, definitely Nicky. I think he's a start. It's not a slight on Garen at all. Quality come in. Um, it's just whether Booth wants to to keep 
Darren in that squad. Um, out in the backs, obviously, you the, the, the thing will be do you keep going at 10? I think you do. I think Jack Welsh comes on then if you need to. I just think you can't give up on a win for one bad game. Um, you know, he's a seasoned pro, he's been there, he's done this so many times before. Um, I read on a forum thread on the Ospreys fan forum, uh, is Ruben the right person to take us forward at nine? It's a very weird one. Ruben's had a really weird development as an Ospreys player um, with being behind Lex Valid Davis, Reese Webb, didn't get the game time he deserved under Alan Clark. Um, so actually, I, I he's always been a nine that has to come on and make something happen. So now he's a starting scrum off. He's got to get into that thing of controlling the tempo of a game, knowing when to kick, his quality and choice of kick. So I think Ruben is the person to lead us forward, but equally, Luke Davis, Roger Lewis, Cameron Jones all have to be equally as good competition. Because I think if Ruben's just there playing 70 minutes a match and he's getting no competition, he doesn't improve and he's then not as effective. And I think Squidge and uh, Squidge Rugby on that forum who's, who said something along those lines. So I think you keep that 9 and 10. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he looks at bringing Don Morris in whether he brings him, him in as a centre and drops Watson, maybe. And that's not because I, I think Owen played a really, really good game on Saturday. I just think you can't drop Ian Williams, not on a game like this. Um, and saying that, Kieran wasn't perfect on Saturday. So we'll see. In terms of the back three, I think there's an argument to be made you drop Luke Morgan. Maybe putting Don Morris there. Do you need to bring in a Toby Fricker? You know, it's a, it's a, really Fricker get some game time. I really would. Um, I think he's a class player. Comes with a lot of experience from the Bristol fans. But other than that, I can't see many changes being made. Um, I think it'll be a very, very tough game. Um, but yeah. Anything to add there? I just want an Osprey's win, to be honest. First game warm. I just want to see us get that first W of the season, to be honest. I don't care how scrappy it is. I just want to see us get a win <laughs> on that Chip Bricks 201st appearance. Right. Ultimately, the, the win is most important. Now them are losing bonus point. Get that first win under the belt. Get some momentum of the Sharks game. Um, And go from there, then. Um, we we just need that win. Well, before, uh, as we move into wrap it up, then Darren, give me your score prediction for Ospreys versus Zebra. Ospreys 25, Zebra Palmer 17. 25. So you've gone OSP by eight. I uh, I think I had something similar in uh, I said on the run podcast, but I've changed my mind. I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Ospreys by nine. I'm gonna go Ospreys. 20 uh, Osprey's 30 to Zebra's 21. Um, so yeah, Osprey's by nine. Anyone to look out for this weekend, Darren? Anyone you think is going to have a standout performance if they play? Keenan Giles, speedster on the wing. Underrated by Gatland, the guy who's got so much to offer. If Gatland can't have him, the Ospreys will keep him as long as they can, and he will just keep scoring 
game after game, but in his speed to the test against defenders and beating them all season. What about you? Who do you think is going to be a standout player this weekend? Um, I really want to see. I think Reese Davis. I just want to see him bully some forwards, like gnarly in people's faces. You know, maybe playing a bit of a courtly laws type game. Um, yeah, I think Reese Davis. Other than that, for tonight. So, just as a reminder. Uh, Ospreys versus Zebra 1pm kickoff Swansea.com Stadium It is live on BBC Scrum 5 uh, Highlights obviously shown on Scrum 5 I have been James joined as always by Darren No yesterday next week Hopefully we back up to full numbers next week Join us next week as we review uh, the game against Zebra and look ahead to the historic if you want to call it clash against the Sharks or the Hollywood Bet Sharks taking place at Twickenham Stoop next Friday I have been James Darren thank you for tuning in again thank you so much and join us next week on the Ospreys Irie Thank you for listening to the Osprey's Ari podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to us as it really helps spread the word. You can find us on all the usual social media channels or email us on welshregionalrugbypod at gmail.com. And remember, whatever the question, rugby is always the answer. Podcast Network.